0: The Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art, as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art. I like to paint monsters. And you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast hosted by renowned artist Chet Zah. Hello, Mike. Hey, Chet. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm really good. I had a, a great tour this weekend, so I'm feeling rejuvenated. Oh, nice. I yeah, think- I had uh, Caleb Osgood deal out. He's up in uh, Boulder, Colorado-ish, and so it was a little trek for him down here, but he came down and did a tour, and it was amazing. Took him out in the Badlands. I guess he'd never hiked more than just a few miles, so I... Took him out for a six-hour jaunt through the badlands and uh, did some cliff climbing and all kinds of craziness. Came back here and then did a little driving tour up into the woods above the desert. And did you? Did you
1: give? Out. Him, did you give him the treatment like you did me? The treatment. <laughs> the treatment where, where <laughs> you made me hike up that long, long hill in the heat oh, and I man. was like,
0: I I dying. took him. I, I took him on something way harder. You're than like, that. isn't this I, fun? <laughs> this is great. And
1: I'm like. <laughs> I'm sweating, I'm fat, and out of shape.
0: Granted, <laughs> it granted. was great.
1: I'm just—I make a joke of it now. It was—it was great. It was great, but it wasn't <laughs> wasn't uh, what I was expecting.
0: <laughs> it was also—it was also 102 degrees out when you were here. Yeah, versus yeah the, It was It's kind of brutal. It was, amazing, it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Well, and you know, and again, I, I cater the hikes to different people. So it's like, if someone wants to do like a river hike in the shade, I can do that. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There's all kinds of hiking here, but he was like, I've had these post-apocalyptic dreams. I want to go out into the badlands. I was like, all it looks right, like I'm, you're,
1: it looks like you're on fucking Mars out there, man. It's crazy. It does. I mean, it feels the, like you're on Mars. <laughs> whenever we do the dystopia movie, that's where we'll, we'll shoot it. Yep. Yeah. Shoot it out in the Badlands yeah. for sure. Gorilla filmmaking. Don't get any permits.
0: No one's around. No one cares. Yep, exactly. Well, there's definitely no humanity out there. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Though, what was cool too is that the the cicadas are out this year, and you know they only come out every seven years to mate, but they're subterranean creatures, Mm -hmm. and then they come out and they do their mating thing, and they make that high pitch electric sound that's like super eerie and trippy. So they're out this year for the first time in seven years. So we were out there, and the whole time we're in the Badlands, it's that trippy electrical, like squealing, squee, (laughs) squeeching sound, you know, and it's like coming from different places and different octaves and stuff. It's pretty. So cool. I think, I think I definitely put the, uh, it, it, the mind altering into my uh, mind altering journey with Mike Carell experience for right. him. So <laughs> he, he seemed like he, he was feeling, uh, like a, a different person at the end of the whole experience. So that's great. That's, it's just, you know, my favorite part, honestly, is just seeing the expressions on people's faces out there. Cause it's like, you know, I just, I know how amazing it is. So when I get to take people out there and see them looking mm-hmm. around, like what in the fuck, you know, yeah. it's just so cool. It's like, yes, yeah, they yeah. love it as much as I
1: <laughs> that's cool
0: yeah so that was that was pretty much the gist of my weekend how about you
1: um i can't remember anything past 30 minutes ago let me see uh just trying to catch up on a bunch of stuff i got i got i just have a mountain of art on me, so I I've, I I got some dystopian stuff done. I sent you that picture of the map.
0: No, I'm just I'm trying. To,
1: excited about the map. <laughs> I just uh, yeah, it's coming out really good. I just uh, I have to get enough done to get everything to Mackie, and then post that big update. And it's like mm-hmm. I'm so close, and I just keep creeping towards <laughs> it, you know, creeping towards this one point. But I got I got that uh, show in Switzerland. I'm painting for, and then I might have actually. You can't say anything about anything about it, but I might be doing some film, a f- little film gig, coming up. But I can't say anything about it, um, so don't say anything.
0: <laughs> I mean, this is a public podcast, so I think that <laughs> everyone knows what you just said. But he didn't say specifically what it was, so I guess we can get away with that. Yeah. Well, I know about it. And I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm actually you. I'm super excited for we'll you. S- Once we'll everyone else finds out, they will be too. If it Yeah. Works out. Yeah.
1: We'll see if it happens. You know how movies are, but. Anyway, enough about us. Let's get on well, to let me, But let me oh. promote
0: one thing real quick before we bring on our Fine. guest, everyone knows. But uh, I just want to mention to everyone who's listening, we've got oh, a yeah, sorry deal coming up here. Our distribution company, First Run Features, we have our documentary, Chet I Like to Paint Monsters on iTunes. And it's been on there ever since the release, but they have agreed to put it in the 99 cent bin beginning June 1st and for the month of June. And basically what that means is, is that you can rent it for 99 cents and watch it in HD. And we're really excited because that's going to place it in some search categories that hopefully will make it more accessible for people to find ultimately. But please, if you have not watched it or you want to watch it again, you can rent it for 99 cents beginning June 1st and through that month. Um, And tell your friends and anyone you know, because ultimately for us, the more hits we get on it during that period, the greater likelihood we'll get more placement on larger platforms, hopefully maybe even Netflix. And on this episode in the description, we're going to include a little link, speaking of Netflix, that you can click on and type in the title of the documentary to suggest it to netflix and we're hoping that if enough people do that we might actually get placement on netflix so uh, anyhow that's my that's my pitch
1: thank you for doing that i forgot totally forgot about it all right now we're going to get to the main event and the main event today is an interview with an amazing painter you know him you love him jay ferguson (laughs) (laughs) welcome to
2: the show That was a good intro. I like that. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, your stuff is uh, really amazing. Really, really... If you haven't seen Jay's work, we'll have links to his... uh, uh, where you can see his work. And I believe you paint primarily in airbrush? Pretty
2: much, like 99%. Yeah,
1: yeah. and his stuff... The thing thing about your work uh, that I really love is that it just feels so good to me to look at. It's like, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. It's like, cause you're kind of doing like a, it's almost like a photo real thing, but it's not about the fact that it's photo real to me. It's not, that's not the main attraction. The main attraction is just, it's so beautiful. And so, so I I can't even, I can't even say what it is. It just looks so right that it makes me want to stare at it, you know, which is (laughs) a sign of great art to me. And um, I think it's really kind of unique that you're doing it with airbrush, because there's not a lot of people doing amazing fine art with airbrush these
2: days, really. No, there there's really not uh, at all. I'm I'm one of the few, really. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's kind of weird because I was uh, I was live streaming a painting on Saturday on Instagram. I, I live stream there all the time when I'm painting. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy on there, and we had a little banter going back and forth, and he, he kept. Making comments, he's like, I love your artwork, but why is it so negative? Yeah, that guy doesn't get it. (laughs) Yeah. But going back to what you were saying, I was trying to explain to him and and pretty much to everybody that was watching at the time it's like, when I'm doing a painting, it's not about the fact that it's of a woman, which is my main subject matter, is women, Mm -hmm. or the fact that it's hyper realistic. But what I'm trying to do is, uh, I'm trying to visual, visualize like a, a a beauty within pain, like to show a beauty within misery. Yeah, is, is what I'm trying to convey with my work.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it 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 absolutely hits the mark. So that's that so let
0: me ask you a real question, Jay. Did you already know that that's what you were trying to do before you had this conversation with that guy, or did it help you to be able to articulate it so concisely?
2: Um, that's. That's always been what I've been trying to do. Like with every painting I do, pretty much from, uh, from the start, mm-hmm. from the beginning, you kind of knew I want to do this. Yeah, not, not from the very beginning. I'd say for like the last, the last couple of years, like uh, my work has gotten a lot darker than what it, it ever used to be hmm. in years past. Um, Interesting. And I'm happy with that. Like yeah. I, I kind of like the road that I'm traveling down right now. Me um, too. <laughs> but it was just that was actually one of the the very first times that I I. I'd had to say it out loud to someone to describe. Gotcha. What oh I'm yeah. Trying
1: to do. yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It, isn't that a trip? That's such a trip. I know it's like that for me. Like you don't fully. I don't know until you say it out loud. Some you you know it. You've known it all along, but until you say it out loud, you go, "Oh yeah, that's what I'm doing." Even though you kind of knew it already, you know. At least that's yeah, how exactly. it's been for
2: yeah. me. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Okay. So you are Canadian, correct?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) all right yes i am the great white north (laughs) yes i wish i was canadian (laughs) um these days but uh so what part of canada are you from and in
2: uh for anybody that knows the geography of canada i'm very close to toronto ontario okay and that's like the east sort of right more in the east more towards the east coast yeah okay
1: Okay, cool. So you are? Have you always been a fan of Bob and Doug McKenzie?
2: Always. Oh God, I grew up with them, man. Oh, S- right. S- me S- too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. SCTV was the shit. I, 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 I bought the Bob and Doug McKenzie vinyl album when it came out, where the one where they had Getty Lee sing on the song, and that album's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm pure Canadian bread. you know, <laughs> believe it or not. When I was a kid in elementary school, I think it was around grade. Fuck! I think I was in like grade four, grade three or grade four. Mm-hmm. We actually had the band Rush come into our school. No way! I'm I'm dead fucking serious. Rush came in, it, it, not the whole band. It was Getty Lee and the guitarist. I don't, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Alex Lifeson. Alex Lifeson. Yes, exactly. They came in and they actually played in the school auditorium. <laughs> Holy to- shit! <laughs> That's how fucking Canadian I am. That, I met Getty Lee when I was in grade 3.
1: That is that is that's about as Canadian as
2: you get. <laughs> what year was this? Oh my god, like this this is like uh grade 3. It would have been 79 or 80.
1: Wow. That's an amazing this time to first,
2: That you was know, first together. Like they they all had the the really long, rocked-out hair back then.
1: Yeah, you know? that, I mean, I'm am a huge Rush fan, so that's like spirit. That's like uh, permanent waves, uh, moving pictures era. That's like the best time to have Rush come and play at your school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> as <laughs> if any time wouldn't be a good time. To <laughs> yeah, I know. Rush but but that
1: school. that was kind of that was like when they. At least you they weren't know. wearing
0: komodos then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I I feel like as a Rush fan, um, that's when they really kind of got amazing they're always amazing but um right around those two albums are those are like my two of my favorite albums but anyway that's pretty cool what were, were they nice oh they were awesome oh, yeah they were, like they were Canadian yeah. so they were, I'm sure
2: they played a couple of songs <laughs> like on acoustic guitar and they were just they were, they were just talking about being musicians and whatnot to the school and at the time I didn't have a clue who these guys were but I was like, "This is really cool." So it was after that I kind of got into their music. Oh,
1: know? that's so cool! That's so cool! That's like right around the time I got into them, actually seventy nine eighty. Yeah, wow, that, that's that's pretty great. So okay, so um, what? Uh, how did you? When did you start painting? When did you start airbrushing? Did were you a? Did you do like motorcycle helmets or something? Because I see I've seen like gas tanks or something motorcycle that you were painting. Homes, yeah. <laughs> um.
2: Yeah, well, most people airbrushing,
1: most people who airbrush have that background or a lot of them have that background in like automotive stuff.
2: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, to, to backtrack everything, um, like I started getting really heavy into art when I was like first got into high school, Mm -hmm. um, like I was doing a lot of paintings and drawings all in acrylic and inks, which is still what I work with today. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah. it was later in high school. I, I like I, I started getting a lot of work back in high school, actually, from a lot of friends and friends of friends. Like I, that's back in the days when you, you know I'd be painting like Iron Maiden album covers on the back of people's jean yeah, jackets, yep. jackets, and you know, one guy would wear it around, and then word got around that I did it, and right from there. So it was about I think nineteen. 1990, I I bought my first airbrush. I was still in high school. Um, What kind of airbrush? The very first one I got was such a piece of shit. It was (laughs) a... For anyone that airbrushes they'll know this it was a badger crescendo 175 like it was basically like a bazooka that just blew out paint yeah (laughs) (laughs) and and i managed to actually get somewhat good with that so when i finally found out that there was better airbrushes i was like oh my god like life just got fucking better but yeah so i mean i was airbrushing for probably about four years and then as soon as i was done high school um i was in a, a um a marketplace on the weekend. And I had seen this guy in there airbrushing t-shirts mm-hmm. and he was doing like cartoons and whatnot. And I, I was just, I was watching him and, and talking to him cause I could just see every 15 minutes this guy was getting passed a $20 bill from somebody, you know, buying a t-shirt and I was kind of fascinated. It was like, fuck this guy's making a lot of money. Yeah. Right. So I was talking to him and I said, you know, like I airbrush myself, but you know, I, I don't do cartoons. Everything I did, Back then and to this day, was really kind of hyper-realistic looking. So he said, you know, well, show me some of your stuff. Come on by, bring some of your stuff, and we'll talk. So I showed him some of my stuff. He really dug it. He's like, you know what? He's like, this will actually be like the perfect tag team. I can do cartoons. You can do like realistic looking shit. Like, come work with me on the weekends." So oh, wow. I did that. And I did that for about four years, actually. How old were you? And- uh at that point i was 18 when i started doing that okay cool and did that for like three or four years and then because at that time i was done school and i was driving a forklift in a warehouse during the day Mm -hmm. to pay the bills but it got to the point literally where i was making more money in one day on the weekend than i was in an entire week at the warehouse wow wow that's amazing so at the, the ripe age of 22, being as smart as I was, or I thought I was back then, <laughs> I had the brilliant ideas, like, fuck it, I'm going to open up my own retail shop, I'm going to quit this job, and I'll, I'll be the king of the airbrush world. So I put in my notice, and it was in August of 1994, I uh, got a lease on a, uh, on a store in a mall, Wow! opened up my own brush shop, and back then I called it Airheads. Nice. And I was just nice. <laughs> uh, t-shirts, and leather jackets, and whatnot. And I did that for shit. I think two or three years. But during the the span of those that time, I had a lot of people coming in with their motorcycle tanks mm-hmm. or the motorcycle parts, saying, "Hey, man, can you paint my bike?" So I did my homework. Okay, well, what do I need to do to prep a bike and paint it? And yeah, that that's a whole different ball of wax. Yeah, so I found a couple body shops that could, you know do the base color and clear coat it and whatnot. And I started painting these bikes and then word started getting around really quick about the work that I was doing in the bike world. Mm-hmm. So then I ended up closing down the shop when my lease came up and I just was working from my house full time painting bikes. Wow. I was in the bike world for probably about 15 years. Wow. wow. And I mean, I, I was really good at it. Like I, 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 I've been in magazines. I've been on motorcycle shows, whatnot. But mm. uh, it was 2000 and 2013. I actually, know 2012. The the ascent of 2012. I actually ended up rupturing two discs in my back. Mm. And being Canadian, you know, you might want to be Canadian, but you don't want our health care. It's free and you get what you pay for. It, it sucks. Really? Oh, God. Dude, I had two ruptured discs in my back. It was bone on bone. There was no disc. Uh-huh. And I had to wait a year and a half to get a surgery to correct it. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, so interesting. from 2012 to very late, or I should say early 2014, I didn't work. Like I couldn't work. Oh my God. So, and at that point I was kind of, I was at the point where I really didn't know what to do because I didn't think that I'd be able to go back to painting. So, because painting on motorcycles, you're always kind of crouched over in weird positions and bending yourself and whatnot to paint the tanks or the parts. And I thought, there's no way that I can come back to this. Right. Started healing up. Like I had a spinal fusion. I got, I got screws and titanium rods in my spine and I'm cool now. Yeah. But when I started healing up and started feeling better, I said to myself, you know what? I've been out of the game for two years. If I'm going to come back, I'm going to do it completely my way and do the shit that I want to do. Not what anybody else asked me to do. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I'd never been on social media before I opened up an Instagram, got on Facebook and I just started, instead of painting bikes, I was painting on uh, panels and canvases, but just doing pretty much the same thing I've always done my whole career, but mm-hmm. without direction applying. It's like, this is what I want to paint. And for whatever reason, I started getting kind of popular at it, and mm-hmm. here I am now. Gee, for whatever reason, I yeah, wonder why. I, I wonder
1: why he got popular for it.
0: <laughs> right. <That's>
1: exactly <laughs> that I was I mean, you know, that's the thing. If I. Uh, You know, I'm always uh, pushing the idea of marketing and stuff, but I always push the work has to be really good first, you know, if the marketing is going to work. And if your work is really good, you you know, sometimes you don't have to do as much marketing because the work just stands out, you know, in that way. It's so impressive. That's pretty... Yeah,
2: that's kind of been my principle with everything. I just... Art so first. If you look always. at my social media accounts, there's not pictures of me on there. There's right. just pictures of my work. I want to let the work kind of speak for itself.
1: Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, that's pretty uh, incredible. Um, so did did you start
2: show, showing in shows? Or Yeah, gone? yeah. It was uh, pretty much as soon as I, I, I came back and started painting again in 2014. It, within a matter of months, once I started posting new work, because no one had really... It, well, it's kind of funny because with the fine art community, no one's ever heard of me prior to 2014. Right. Yeah, but you did I, You did seem to kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah, which <laughs> is funny because I've been in the game full time since 1994. You right. Know, like, since I've been 20 years old, this has been puts a roof over my head and food on my table. Right. Uh, it's just catering to a totally different market. So, yeah, as soon as I came out um, doing canvases and whatnot, like framed work that you could hang on your wall. Like, mm-hmm. I immediately started getting asked to go into galleries like it was kind of mind-blowing to me and people are freaking out like buying all my work and they want me in galleries and I'm just kind of like what the fuck like I've been doing this forever <laughs> where was this like 15 years ago yeah all you know?
1: right. Hey, yeah, you weren't on social media
2: so no, that, that's actually it that I'm kind of kicking myself in the ass for that because back when I was doing bikes like I always had like a like a six month to a year waiting list to get something done. Mm-hmm. But e- even with that, like I, I never found a, a need to be on Facebook or Instagram. Like I always looked at it and thought, like, this is fucking stupid. I don't, right. I don't want to be a part of it. And that was really my mistake. Like, yeah, huge yeah. mistake on my part. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was there at one point myself, and a friend of mine recommended MySpace. And he was, I was like, I didn't even get it. What social media was. I'm like, why, what's the point? I don't get it. And then I started, you know, using it and promoting my artwork. It's like, Oh, I get it now. You know, it makes sense once you get on and and
0: free advertising.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I want to, what, uh, I'm, you know, an airbrush guy myself. I don't do, I haven't done it. I want to do it just to do it, but cause I always, you know, I've been airbrushing since high school and I, um, airbrushed a lot in the film industry doing cr- yeah. creatures and stuff. And, um, I was curious what airbrush you're using now. Cause I, st- I started with a, uh, a Pache, a double, oh, yeah. double action Pache in high school. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one point very and, early. Mm-hmm. And, and now when I do film work, my, uh, my two airbrushes are the Awada uh, Eclipse and um, the Pache Type H, the single action. Oh wow! Because those okay, things, man. those things are so—they're like uh, indestructible. Indestructible. You can run anything <laughs> through it. You can—you cannot destroy them. And it's like they're sort of like this. You can always rely on your Pache... H
2: <laughs> so yeah, yeah you can run mud through that thing yeah yeah
1: so it's like you know for spatter and stuff like that I would use the pache and then for fine detail stuff I'd use the iwata eclipse I think it was an HP HBPC or something like that I've been using those
2: yeah, a little bottom uh, a bottle that went on the bottom of it
1: um it was
2: first have a cup on the top no
1: no it's got it's got a, a place for a bottle or for a cup
2: yeah. So that's the HP BCS. The yeah, eclipse, yeah. 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 So uh, I'm yeah, just, I got in a shoe box somewhere. Um, <laughs> so
1: what do you, what do you use? I'm just curious since you're, I
2: have a, a gravity feed eclipse that I use just for like really big backgrounds or whatnot in a painting. But uh-huh. my main gun is a DIY HPC. It's got a 0.3 millimeter oh, wow. nozzle. it. Wow. So yeah, so if I want listening, I'll I'll take endorsements anytime.
1: (laughs) Well, they should, man. They should endorse you because you're, you know, you're kind of, I mean, I don't know about the blue chip world. If there's any, I'm sure there's some photo realist people and some other art realm. But as far as the dark scene, you're kind of like the, the king of airbrushing as far as I'm concerned. And within our (laughs) circle, you know, you're like the God, the airbrushing God. So they should back you
2: my ego. I appreciate that
1: that's <laughs> true man um, so one more nerd question, then we'll move on what uh
2: <laughs> what air pressure do you work at uh fifty five p s i yeah. the, the air regulator i have it's literally twenty years old. It's the first one I ever owned, and you can't even move it. It's just kind of stuck there <laughs> so it, it does the job. I've never had to adjust it. So. Oh, wow, that's cool okay
1: and you, do you use a moisture trap
2: yeah i got uh, i got a moisture <laughs> trap on my compressor because i keep that in another room so that it doesn't blow my head off with the oh. noise uh i got another moisture trap right where my airbrush plugs into it right okay enough of the n- nerding out for
1: 99 <laughs> percent of the people are like what the fuck's a moisture trap <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing about airbrush, you know, realizes that you get mo- moisture gets in the line, you know, just it's
2: it's a very technical thing. Like once you get into airbrushing, there yeah. is, there's a lot of technical shit you got to know about to, to make it work. Yeah, it's so fun, though. Oh, my God. Airbrushing is so much fun.
1: You can really get like great results fast, too, just because it's everything so soft.
2: And oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I loved it. That, that, that was what drew me to it to begin with, was how fast you can work with it yeah. once you know what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I really, I always, I, you know, I, I, pulled out a canvas not long, well, no, maybe a couple of years ago and started trying to paint an airbrush painting again. And I was like, man, this is kind of harder than I remember. <laughs> <'Cause> it's <laughs> like, it's a whole different trip because, you know, when you start to, you're spraying uh, lighter values over darker values, you get kind of like that weird, you know, it kind of looks bluish you know, yeah, and it's yeah, that culture. Yeah. Mm. It's like a whole different thing, but, um, I'm, I'm into it though. I want to, I want to, I want to do it again. Cause it's just too much fun. And I, I, every time I, you know, if I get a painting gig in the film industry, airbrushing is always a big part of that. So I get my fix there, but I really want to do some 2d stuff. Um, especially seeing your work makes me really inspired to do that. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. So, <clears throat> What do you, you have a show? Uh, you're in a show right now at Ars Memoria, right?
2: Yeah, uh, the Exile, uh, two. Yeah, I wanted it's to mention that before I forgot,
1: make sure we got that in there. It's like,
0: yeah, so
2: that, that's going on. Uh, it opened, uh, last Saturday night, the 26th, and that's going on until June 26th, I believe. That's at Ars Memoria in Chicago. That's myself, Sean Koss, mm-hmm. uh, Damien Eccles and Megan Rogers. Most people might know her as Magpie yeah, from Instagram. She's great. She just got, she was in um, the
1: last show at Copro. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. In. Yeah. Her work is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you guys are, they're donating a portion of that money to
2: mental health charities or what's it for? Yeah. Yeah. Cannabis? A chunk of every painting that gets sold is going to, uh, well, between two charities. There's suicide. Uh, Mental health awareness and suicide prevention. Uh, local Chicago charities that that money's going to go to. And on the uh, the opening night, this past Saturday, we had a we had an auction. Um, we all put up a piece. We had a another guy, uh, J. R. Brasshouse. He Brocious? donated. Brocious? Oh, yeah. Brocious. Yes. Brocious. Right. Yes. He donated a painting and uh, Dave Sherman, our our favorite pal. Ah, oh, excellent. <laughs> for Skype counseling sessions and all that was auctioned off to uh, to benefit Jed Lightness's daughter Avery. Oh, that's and awesome! And really well, we raised a, a pretty good chunk of money, and I was really happy with how that that came out on Saturday night.
1: So. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I I completely. It's my fault. I screwed up. I thought that the show was next Saturday. And so that's why we were going to have you on before, but hopefully this will still help any, uh, sell some, any unsold pieces. Cause although most of it's sold, like from what I hear, Mr. Hot yes, shot,
2: there's a handful <laughs> of pieces remaining, which still, it, it blows my mind. Like for an opening night to almost sell out a show that, that to me is just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, the work stands on its own, you know?
0: So do you, Jay, do you work from, from reference at all? And like anatomical reference or anything like that in in the figures that you're painting, because I notice, you know, incredible symmetry and and you know this this very soft, smooth texture and and it seems like it's all uh, very much aligned with with what we would assume to be proper anatomy. So I'm wondering if you're working from reference or for just imagination or a combination of the two.
2: Um, I definitely work from reference most times. It is a combination of the two. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll have a model pose, get photos, whatever. And then I, I'll definitely add my own twist to that Mm -hmm. as I'm doing it. But uh, anatomically for, for me personally, I know a lot of people can just work off the top of their head, but for me to do a, just because I do want my work to be very realistic looking, I I need that, that reference to get the lighting right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I'm, I'm very pro ref. Pro reference. I know a lot of. I was (laughs) like, I was going to say pro wrestling. Pro reference. (laughs) A lot of people. You know, a lot of people think that you know, oh, you have to do it off the top of your head, or you have to do it from you know without reference, and that's really it's not true. I mean, some people do that, and a lot of people don't, and a lot of the you know the great artists always used reference. You know, like the old masters. It's not like they were painting from out of their head. It's like you know, use reference where it, it suits you and if it suits you to use reference you know my dad always used reference for his paintings like always he always you took his photos and, and and used reference you know so yeah. i'm you know i i'm a big proponent of reference i got no problem with it anybody that says that it's cheating or something is just kind of dumb because it's part of the art tradition. It's they, they don't understand. And I've, I've heard that and it's surprised me (laughs) that
0: anybody would say that. If that's the case, then they wouldn't teach art, you know, drawing one figure, drawing one-on-one at colleges where the first thing you do is learn how to draw a figure that's standing in front of you. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, so what the first class they teach you is cheating one-on-one.
2: Right. (laughs) I I actually think it's kind of the ultimate test. Like if you have somebody literally sitting right in front of you, whether it be in the flesh or from a photograph, like, that's one of the if hardest you things to do. That, yeah. Like you got some mad skills. Oh, yeah, not yes. a lot of people can do that. Yeah, yes. yeah.
1: Especially getting a likeness. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a that's another nightmare. That's really hard to get a likeness. It's like to me, that's the hardest thing to do, really, personally. But I don't know. Well, it's uh, uh, incredible work. So that's the that's the bottom line too. Is the work the the, the final work is what counts, you know, however, yeah, however
2: you get there. It doesn't matter how you get there is what it looks like when it's done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So uh who were your big inspirations as artists? Were you a Giger, I imagine, or? Yeah, Giger, I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I mean, we were yeah, all influenced guess, by Giger. Yeah, every, it's like a given.
2: Yeah, that that goes without saying everybody loves Giger. Yep. Um, really, like uh, where I grew up, in Canada, it was kind of, it's really sheltered. Like, it's total white, suburbanite, Catholic, Christian kind of uh, region where I grew up. So, there wasn't access to a lot of uh, art in general, really, like other than pictures of sunflowers and, and daisies and right. green fields. Balls of fruit. And it wasn't really until I was a teenager that uh, by complete accident, I, I found a book of Salvador Dali.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: And I, I was flipping through that and it, like it fucking blew my mind. I yeah. was like, you have to be kidding me. These <laughs> are fucking paintings? What the fuck? Yeah. And I was reading that. And then finally, as, as a late teenager, uh, a comic book store opened up in my town. Uh. And I went there and like, they had comic books and whatnot. And I, I really appreciate the comic art and especially the cover artists. Some of them is just phenomenal. But they had little trading cards, and I, I'd buy these, these decks of trading cards, and, you know, there was, a uh, uh, shit, like, Luis Royo was in there, mm-hmm. just blew my mind, yeah. Dorian Air yeah. was in there, uh... Uh, one other person that airbrushes that just flipped me out was a, I'm going to butcher her last name. I know it. Uh, Olivia Day. De- oh yeah. De- 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 I think it yeah. Is. Olivia. She's just known yeah. as Olivia anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I got these trading cards, of these Olivia pinups and I was just like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, she's, this a- is what I have to do, you know? Yeah. 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 She's amazing. I, I we, I've got to like
1: hang out with her since she really? started. Yeah. She started, it's crazy. She started showing, um, I'm not sure, like at Copro and and uh, through uh, Bob Self does these art, um, God, baby Tattooville, he does these kind of art gatherings for a weekend uh, yearly for collectors. And he started showing her and he's done published some books for her. And so all of a sudden she's like hanging around the scene. Like we, you go to a, a show and Olivia's there. I'm like, Olivia, you know, I remember Olivia from the seventies when I was a kid and her pinups and, and like playboy and stuff and just mind, mind blowing stuff. And she's super cool. She's super cool. One time I was at a, an art show and I was, uh, it was the uh, LA art fair and my back was killing me from walking around. And she, she's like, I was like, oh, my back's killing me. She's like, oh, come and sit in my chair. She got up. She made me sit in her chair. <laughs> like, that's oh, not wow. right. <laughs> She's yeah, see, super I, I cool. I wouldn't even know what
2: to say to her if yeah, I'm there. I'd, yeah. I'd be kind of awestruck. I know.
1: You know. She's a legend. Well, you'll eventually meet her if you, you know, keep showing in this scene. You've shown
2: at Copro, right? Uh, yeah, I was in the, um, the Blam show, the Blam group show last October, I think it was the Blab, yeah, the Blab show, yeah, yeah, and then uh, there was that little show conjoined eight. I was oh, kind that's of a right. part of. <laughs> if ever
1: heard of that? See, one. I showed I showed you at my show, so mm. there, that goes. See, I told you I don't remember anything past 30 minutes ago, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to get a solo show though at Copro, man, that's like the perfect place for you. I'm gonna tell mm. Gary, you got to show Jay. Yeah, well, I wouldn't Gary. turn it
2: down if the opportunity came up. Put it that
1: way. <laughs> I'm sure it will because your stuff is perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you is, uh, you know, when you started painting, did you just start painting what you wanted without any knowledge of this kind of dark art scene happening and then fell into it? Or were you seeing that there was a dark art thing happening and, and thought, Oh, this is what I want to do. I'm going to try and go uh, showing here or, or
2: are you, you Yeah, know. Um, at, you know honestly I I've I've been doing dark art for a hell of a long time before I ever knew that right. there was a dark art. Uh, you Movement know following out the yeah, yeah. culture of dark art out there I, I didn't know it existed I really right. didn't like be on the tattoo world like I could right. you know as I pick up tattoo magazine or whatever and you know I'd be looking at Paul Booth's work and whatnot thinking like fuck like that stuff is dope. Right. But beyond that, I didn't realize that there was an actual art scene.
1: Right. Well, it's, you know, it's new pretty much, Is but I, but that's the funny thing is I think we've all been doing it. I've been doing it since I was a kid. You know, I was yeah. drawing monsters yeah. since I was a kid. And I think a lot of us, I don't think that's one cool thing I love about the dark art scene is that you don't get a lot of people that yet, but I think this is going to be one of the pitfalls as it gets more popular is, um, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of artists that were painting one way and they go, Oh, I want to fit into the dark art scene. So I'm going to start painting <laughs> monsters and dark stuff.
0: Cause it, it's such yeah. a, it's kind of a niche thing. So, uh, well, and nobody that's painting dark art a millionaire yet, so it's not like they've got some big, uh, you know, yeah. some, some big incentive to right. like, oh, I'm going to start painting dark art so I can make <laughs> some Skrill. It's like, yeah, right. Good luck, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I, I honestly, like the way the last couple of years have been going, I think you're going to start seeing millionaire dark artists eventually. I really, I I honest to God, truly do. I think so. I sure
1: as. Is- hell hope so. <laughs> but I mean, I, I agree too. I agree. I, that's, that's the whole, um, the whole premise behind what we're trying to do is, is, uh, you know, elevate this scene and just have us all kind of bond together to, to show that we're, uh, uh, you know, we're not doing dumb we deserve to be taken seriously,
2: basically. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, and I think it, it is becoming a lot more wild, widely accepted by just society in general yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Like even nowadays, like, you know, like 20 years ago, if, if you had a sleeve of tattoos, you could never work in an office. Right. But nowadays, you know, there's office workers covered in tattoos. There's fucking yep. cops with full right. sleeves tattoos <laughs> on their necks, which wasn't even allowed in the piece, the police force 20 right. years ago.
1: Yeah, I, I think that the the tattoo scene is a really big part of of why dark art is becoming more accepted.
2: Absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, it kind of pioneered it. Yeah, like, yeah,
1: yeah. So we all we all owe a big debt to the whole tattoo community for for doing that. Cause um, Absolutely. I don't, I don't think we definitely wouldn't be where we're at now without the tattoo scene. No way. Mm. That's, that's the first place in 2009 or 2010 up until 2009 to 2010, I had been painting and showing in the pop surrealism quote unquote scene or lowbrow or whatever you want to call it from the early two thousands up until around 2009, 2010, I, I went to a, a, got invited to a tattoo show and, um, that was the first time I, w- I was like, oh shit, there, there's a huge, uh, um, you know, uh, I can't think of the word. There's a huge uh, uh, amount of people that really love this kind of work. That like was the first fan. time. Yeah. yeah, that was the first time I realized it. There was a demand. There's a, a big demand for this kind of work. People love it. And one thing I noticed is that the people that were into it <clears throat> were not just casually into it, they
2: were like totally into it yeah hardcore into it wanting to spend money on it yeah, yeah
1: and and it wasn't and it the it was so refreshing for me coming out of that um pop surreal scene where i had to always kind of justify myself and explain you know every time i was in a show i'd be the darkest one and you know if you know my work it's not it's definitely not the darkest dark art out there it's there's a lot of humor no, and I mean, it's you know it's it's absolutely not yeah and but it but within that scene i was like kind of like a freak and so to go to this tattoo show and and see people just not only accepting it but loving it and wanting more it's it's like you know you, i could have done my darkest piece ever and no one would have batted an eye they would have been like oh that's cool i like it you know it's it's yeah it's it's great so yeah we we owe those uh tattoo folks big time people like paul booth and Kind of the, the pioneers of it
0: well, shit, I mean for my for my own part in it, were it not for tattoo conventions, I probably wouldn't have met you in person and made a documentary about you, so it's That's like true. You know, again, it's 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 a really interesting place for people to come together as well, and for like minds to connect and share and and mm-hmm. perhaps you know create uh, creative collaborations together, because it's like everyone I've ever gone to, whether it was a retreat or it was a tattoo convention, there's all this creative energy and there's all these people and there's all this opportunity for networking and you know and everyone is is really you know dancing around this this dark art center, and so you know again, it's like if were it not for that, I I don't know that even be sitting here right now so they we do I mean I I personally owe them a lot but I think also the movement itself does too as well yeah
2: absolutely oh, absolutely yeah 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 and it's it's
1: what I also uh love about it is the um the passion behind I, I I saw more passion for art in the tattoo shows than I did at in gallery shows with the collectors you know yeah back in the day when I used to show it's like there was you know, there, there was, I remember I was in a couple shows that were sort of high profile and seeing collectors come out and like buying up a bunch of stuff because they were going after that next hot artist, but you can tell it's not like they were into it and you don't see that kind of stuff in the tattoo world. You know, it's about the art. It's a hundred percent about the
2: art. Yeah. And the whole tattoo community is just so friggin' supportive of each other. Yeah, I mean, right. It's crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah, like I mean, I'm actually I'm working on a project right now with the Sullen Art Collective. Oh yeah, those guys are which great. Which will be announced soon when it's all finally done. But I mean, the absolute like, just the daily correspondence and the, and the support you get from them, like to me, it's it's almost unheard of. Like right, it's yeah. unbelievable.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it's like they're, they're, I think that that's we 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 share that as dark artists. Um, uh, we are. Uh, kind of these misfits that don't fit in with the rest of the art world. So we try and support each other. And I think the tattoo industry, although it's, you know, it's become like a big thing, but I think that's, that was the, uh, how the tattoo industry flourished is because it was a bunch of weirdos that liked this art that wasn't super mainstream, you know, the art of tattooing and they all kind of supported each other. You know, it's like a tribe or a family, you know? So. Well, yeah, you
2: definitely find that within the whole dark art community, and like in general, like you know, with you, me, or a- anybody else really affiliated with it on Facebook or Instagram, like we're always sharing each other oh, yeah. each other's posts, or if we got a sale, or there's a show, yeah, like we're always backing each other up. Yeah, because I, I don't think a lot of different art communities do, to be very honest.
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, I, I I've told the story before, but it's worth it bears repeating. My dad was when I got my dad showing in this scene kind of I I got him a few shows and he was just tripped out at how supportive all the artists were of each other. And he said when he was coming up in the seventies and eighties and stuff, he said that all the artists were backstabbing each other at shows and wouldn't talk to each other. And it was like, yeah, yeah. it was really like the exact opposite. So I'm very grateful. That's why I'm very um, wary of let, you know, kind of letting not that I have the power, but if a, a bad apple pops up, <laughs> we got to <laughs> boot them out because it's this, it's this, you know, or we got to, we have to uh, shun them because the, the scene is so important to me that we keep it as real and pure and supportive as possible. You Absolutely.
2: Know. Well, we all know this happened to one person.
1: Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? And it's a shame. Yep. It's a shame, but, um, you know, by and large, this, the, the people in this, the movement are just, you know, the coolest people, you know, really, um, you know, I think I've found the best friends I've ever had in this community. You know, yeah, it's yeah, really, absolutely. really good people, people that you can trust and, um, people that will support you people with good hearts. That's what's, I, I always come back to this. One of the coolest things about the whole dark art thing is the dichotomy of we're painting all this dark stuff. Like that dude said to you, why do you paint things so negative? And okay. all the people in it are the absolute opposite of that. You know, yeah. they're the coolest loving, supportive people, you know? And I think that's cool about the scene. I think that's like a neat little aspect of it. You know what I mean?
0: It's it's because instead of taking all those those feelings and putting them into a dark little hole in some hidey spot where no one sees it, they're putting <laughs> it on canvas or mm-hmm. in clay or whatever, and getting it out of themselves. Right. That's why they're more well adjusted. <laughs> they're not yeah, sitting yeah. there stow- stowing that shit away and letting it fester in the dark. The
1: same goes with the collectors, the people that can appreciate that. You know, they're allowing themselves to be open to to embracing that side of uh, life through the artwork, you know? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, that's really the one thing I love about it. Like even, you know, with all the artists that I've been very fortunate enough to, to meet and become friends with over the years, like, you know, I can look at their work. I can look at your work or so many people, I can look at their work and you're staring at the painting and you're, you're just thinking like, fuck, I totally get it, man.
1: Right. It
2: doesn't
0: matter what the title of the painting is. It's (laughs) like, I look at it and I fucking get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Jay, out of curiosity, I I'm wondering, cause you, we started this whole episode out with you talking about this interaction that you had with this individual and the fact that, you know, you are very much trying to capture and if I'm doing the words wrong, let me know. But this beauty and misery, this balance between those two things, what yeah. is it about that that is so that makes you want to explore it in such a fashion?
2: Yeah. Uh... Well, good, I mean, to be, to be perfectly honest, it's because, like, for me, and I think for so many people, life is not a bowl of cherries. Mm-hmm. Like, life sucks for, like I said, with my back injury, I had to walk around for almost two years in, like, the most unbelievable pain you could possibly fucking imagine. Wow. Like, I was taking enough oxycodone a day to drop an elephant. Wow. Wait, that surgery. Like, I ended up having to go to Buffalo in the states to get that surgery wow. was how bad it was wow mm-hmm. but yeah but uh like i say and through that whole time like and, and even at that time to add on to that uh you know i i have no shame in admitting it like i was going through i had a cheating life. i was going through a divorce oh my god and right before my surgery even my fucking dog died oh my god <laughs> wow. yeah like, so was there, a period in my life like for a couple of a couple of years like so many times you'd wake up in the morning or you'd be laying in bed at night thinking, you know, like, fuck, is there a point of even waking up tomorrow? Right. Like, honest to God. But then, you know, I kind of, I, I work myself through it by telling myself that there has to be a beauty within the misery. There has to be a beauty within the pain. Like, something good has to come out of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and for me, like, that, that's where my like the artwork you see now, like everything I've done in the past, like I said before, has always been very dark, Mm -hmm. but what I'm doing now like, I'd like to think that when you, you you see one of my pieces, like you, you kind of get that impression, like it's a very painful or miserable looking situation, but there still
0: is that little glimmer of hope and beauty in it. Yeah. 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 Well, your, your painting strike me as very ethereal, you know, like they, even though it's dark and even though it has that, that, yeah, it has it does have that kind of angelic quality to it. And I don't just think it's because females are your the focus of your your artistic attention. I think that there is a touch in there and it has to do with the softness as well, because I noticed that in your work, it's it, the subject matter itself and and the way that you're you're putting together the composition may be dark, but because of the medium and the way that you apply that medium, it has a softness to it that really does offset that. And it does create that kind of conundrum. So, yeah, I think you're I think you're hitting the nail on the head, brother. Yeah, thank you.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I've always taken that same approach to to my own work, um, trying to paint. I try and paint it as as beautifully as I can. I'm really ultimately trying to make a beautiful object because that's what to me was what's fun, and doing. But I'm doing that with monsters because I love monsters and they're beautiful to me. And, exactly. you know and 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 there is this you know we talked about this with the the stephanie vega episode that uh you were you missed that one mark uh mike but um
2: the, the... See, actually when i listened to that episode she hit the nail on the head for me right she's saying she was given the gift of pain right when she said the gift of pain i was like damn like that's <laughs> it right there boom you nailed it you yeah
1: know? yeah that the the, the the poetic beauty of pain and suffering. You know, there is, there is, it's, you know, it sucks. You know, life is suffering, like the Buddha said, you know, but there is, uh, it can be transformed. Suffering can be transformed into beauty in people's lives. You know, it, it can be looked on as a gift. And I think that even symbolically, painting the paintings that you're doing, you are, uh, by taking, um, uh, pain and suffering and turning it into a beautiful object, you are doing that thing. You know what I mean? That, that that, alchemy. Yeah. Yeah. It's what everyone can do in their own lives, you know? And it's, it's really about, you know, I guess working through your pain, however you do it. Yeah. You know,
2: some of us do it with paintings you know absolutely just like musicians do with their music and their Mm -hmm. lyrics like it's no really no different for a painter than it is for a musician right so that i don't care
1: if you went to if you're a, a an art critic or you know some fancy schmancy uh art curator at the you know some big museum or this this is to me, so much more valid than half the bullshit you hear about art. <laughs> it's like, it's true, and it's easy to understand, and you don't have to have an art degree to understand it. You know, it's like, it's it's real. It's real. So fuck that noise. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> so do, do you have any, uh? What, what's going on in your future are you doing more shows or do you have shows lined up are you doing commissions or how do you um pay the rent well
2: right now uh i i do take on a lot of commissions but that's under the the precedent that i get to kind of do what i want
1: yeah me too
2: i relish that That people embrace that to me is fantastic well you're um, going to make
1: a better painting too
2: yeah exactly if you're doing so, so yeah right now I got a I got a project I'm working on with the Art Collective that'll be done shortly uh then I got a bunch of commissions that I've kind of fallen behind on to get done and then uh in October uh I'm part of the Crucible Gallery show All These Witches is called uh where's that at uh it's are you familiar with Bam Masler Christina Masler yeah I know the name I know the name yeah, fantastic artists. They're actually, they're starting a new, like, an, it's kind of like an online gallery. Hmm. So they're, they're going to be doing all the, all the promo and whatnot. And if you buy the piece, like, it'll actually be shipped by me or whoever the artist is who produced it. Oh, okay. So I'm doing some work for that. Uh, me and my arch nemesis, Sean Koss we're trying to plan another show for late October. Cool. Where at? Uh, that'll probably be at ours Memoria
1: once oh, again. I know Bam. Oh. Yeah, he's he's on my Patreon. I was gone. I yeah, know the name. Know yeah, I mean, everybody knows Bam. He does yeah. those, uh, burning churches. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. He's starting a gallery. I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there's two shows coming up. I don't know. Maybe, uh, I'll be invited to conjoin nine if that comes to fruition. I don't know.
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely. We, Yeah, uh, I have to send out a uh, uh a notice for conjoined because we're gonna do it a little differently this year. Um that's a that's another story. But yeah, you you you're you know you're you're in the mix for sure. You gotta get shown at copro more. Like I said, you're, yeah, perf- well, you're so,
2: I'll have to talk to Gary about that.
1: Yeah. I'll put in a word, that's for sure. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime
2: <laughs> what were you yeah. gonna say, Mike? My <laughs> my above beyond all that when it's all done uh i will be hopefully before the end of this year if not the end of this year very early next year i'm working on i'm going to start working on having a full tutorial painting from start to finish dvd oh excellent that's cool because i've had like a crap load of people asking me for a very long time to do that and i'm finally going to cave in oh cool cool nice yeah, I'm doing that sort of thing on my Patreon.
1: I'm doing like, rather than a full DVD, I'm sort of doing it in little chunks. You know? Yeah, little tutorials. Yeah. Oh, I know.
2: I watch all your. I watch all your videos.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um. Yeah. Uh. You. You know what? What you should have is you should have an art book. Uh, Just make it happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, your stuff would really, really well in an art book, but it's so it's so hard to make. They're expensive, and it's hard to make money. But man, I would love to have a book of your work.
2: Yeah, well, that's you know, I actually I have looked into it in in the past, but you have to bear in mind the the major hiccup for me is being in Canada. Oh, the shipping. Shipping, like shipping. If you get a book printed, you can have it shipped to you for. You know, even say you get it printed overseas, you can have a big crate of books shipped to you for a thousand bucks. Right. i get a bunch of books printed (laughs) overseas shipped to me. It's going to cost me like fucking $10,000 just for the shipping. Oh, my God. Wow. Canadian, Canadian import duties are the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever had to deal with in my life.
1: Right. Yeah. That's that's the, and then when you when you go to ship to other countries too, it costs a fortune. It costs a small fortune,
2: yeah. It costs yeah. double, if not triple, what it costs like you
1: to right. send from the Oh, States. really? Because it costs me a ridiculous amount of money. Like,
2: look it up. Like, if I have a client, like uh, say, like Germany, mm-hmm. I, like I do have a collector in Germany. For me to send him, like a very, like say, like a nine by twelve boxed painting. That cost me two hundred and seventy-one dollars. Wow! On the U.S. Postal site, like if I were to ship it from Buffalo, it would be like eighty bucks. Right, right. What the fuck is going on here? But that's insane. Legally, I cannot go to the states to ship stuff. And also, beyond that, it the drive to get to the states for me back and forth would be ridiculous. Like it's self defeating, really.
1: Really. How long does it take you to get to Buffalo?
2: Yeah, that's like a three-hour
1: drive. Oh, wow. Do you come to the States much?
2: Um, every now and then. Every now and then. Ever come to L.A.? Uh, I've never been to L.A., believe it or not. Oh. Uh, if I ever do, believe me, I'll hit you up. You can buy me a taco. Uh, I'll buy you a pizza. I'll pizza. buy you some Zello, man. Take I, you to
0: Zello.
1: i got the best pizza place in the world down the street from my house. All right. I'm down, dude. He ain't lying. Cornmeal crust.
0: I want to have some of that pizza for dinner tonight. You should fly me out, Chet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm ready for another pizza. I just had some a couple of weeks ago. It's so good, cornmeal crust. Oh my god, don't get me started. Yeah,
2: and that's not fair. Come
0: on. <laughs> Especially because I've had like a handful of roasted peanuts today. That's it. It's <laughs> 4, 4 p.m. here, and I've been up since 6:30 in the morning. Fuck.
1: Damn. Well, I guess we're coming up on an hour. Do you want to? Uh, do you have any other questions to ask him, or should we wrap this thing up, Mike?
0: No, no, I, I thought that was a really well-rounded interview. You, you always do good on point, Chad.
1: Well, thank you. It helps to have such a wonderful guest.
2: Oh, thank you. thank you. The lovely. Much thank you for having me on. The lovely well, I'm glad got Jay Ferguson.
0: Your, I'm glad I got to hear your famous voice because I remember, I don't know, maybe 30 episodes ago, Chet and I were doing the Dark Art Society podcast. I think we mentioned you and somebody, it was a fan or a client or a collector of yours came uh, on, uh, you had shared the episode and they were like, they said something about, you know, swearing. And I thought they were referring to me and Chet, like we were talking, you know, swearing on the episode. And that was like, and I'm like, well, you know, it does say organic conversational tone. <laughs> (laughs) In the thing. And she's like, no, no, no. I'm just making fun of Jay and him saying the word fuck. And I was like, well, I guess I got to hear him say the word fuck. So here we are.
2: Yeah, so actually, yeah. Let let me play off that for a second. Christy, this is for you. Fuck.
1: (laughs) What a a perfect way to end end the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, I'm actually... Today, Chet, with all of our new Dark Art Society page, uh, patron names. All and right. I was not prepared at the end of the last episode and got caught with my pants down. But um, these are the new individuals who are supporting our Dark Art Society Patreon. You can also do so if you go over to patreon.com forward slash Dark Art Society. There's a link in the description. And these individuals are helping us to bring this to all of you and more. So we have Jeff Bradford, Lucas Owen, Stephanie Inagaki. J.R. Brocious, which was mentioned earlier by Jay, Rob Mosher, and Francis Dooley. Those are our newest Dark Art Society members. So we very much appreciate your guys' support. Yes, and again, if you're you. not supporting, feel free to head over. It's only a dollar a month or more, but simply a dollar a month if you want. And all of that does contribute to the success of the Dark Arts Society and our ability to take it to the next step. We are working on a variety of those as we speak. And I would also like to reiterate 99 cents the month of June, please rent Chetzar. I like to paint monsters. Help us spread the word, and also use that link to refer it to Netflix, so that people will be able to hopefully see it on Netflix as well.
1: Yes, and I want to mention too, I've got my own Patreon happening at uh, Patreon.com/slash/ChetZar, and it's really tons of action going on there. And I'm trying to, if I quadruple the amount of people I got on there, I think I will. It will be life changing for me. So um, it, it'll just allow me to do even better artwork. And under less pressure, if I can get this thing going, and um, so go on there if you can and donate even a dollar. Same with Mike; he's got his he Patre- has got two patreons. He's got his emails for Infinity Patreon and his uh, what's the name of the
0: oh, the Ritual Art one, Land of Enchantment Tours. Yes,
1: yes. So, um, you know, if you can support, I try anybody I see that I know on Patreon, I throw at least a buck to it's another way we can all kind of support each other and um it's 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 all about the numbers you know so
0: and if you want to see a jay ferguson patreon comment on this episode yeah. of our society podcast on soundcloud so that jay knows that everybody wants to see one from yeah him too, i would subscribe so that we could get jay on board for patreon and i as would well.
1: subscribe to jay's in a second for sure Indeed. wow that,
0: that was a subtle hint yeah
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're not known for our we're not known for our subtlety yeah,
0: yeah. chad and i have very little of that in, in the uh the old banks we have no shame all right. Well, thanks
2: again,
1: Jay. You were great. Your yeah, artworks so great, and um, oh, thank
2: you for having me. I'm very much appreciated. Yeah, it's awesome. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. For
1: so thank you, everybody, for supporting. We really appreciate it. This thing keeps growing. We keep hearing more and more uh, from outside sources about it. Like people are getting uh, getting the message and starting to listen. And so, thank you for supporting. So let's
0: keep this thing going. We'll catch you guys all next Wednesday. All right. Goodbye.